Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is January 18th, 1997. And I don't know, how, how do you think 1997 shaping up so far? Well, as far as the movies that we've watched have gone, um, <laughs> not so great. No, not, not great at all. TV's going decent, though. I mean, oh. We've got some good TV that we watch. I mean... And there's something coming up in a couple months, the premiere of something we've been seeing commercials for. Yes, yes, I cannot wait for that. What is it called? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like the movie. Based on the movie that you love. And it's got Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know who that is, but... Me either, but that's her name, and she's pretty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she's a pretty blonde girl, and she's going to kill vampires. I'm excited. Yeah, they, they they didn't get Christy Swanson back. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe she wanted to do other things. Maybe the guy that created this hated her. Well, how old is that movie? Too. Like, maybe she's too old to play a high school student now. 1992, I think, is when it came out. Oh. So it's about five years. Yeah, she'd probably pass. I don't know. I mean, she was getting older at that time. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, what, what else is going on? We went to the mall this weekend. Yeah, we did. We did some shopping. I got new boots. I new love my boots. Cute boots, boots. Yes. Made me very happy. Yeah. I got new boots and I got new shirts and I got new pants and I got a necklace. <laughs> I love how cool. you start to sound like a like a cupid doll or something. What every, the fuck? Every time that you're so excited and happy about things. What do cupid dolls sound like? I don't know. Whatever. Cupid dolls don't sound like anything, Mark. <laughs> do you hear the difference in the tone of your voice now between that and between that? I got boots. I guess Valley Girl or something. I don't know. You sound, uh, it's your happy voice. Your happy voice. God is, forbid I sounded happy. Don't worry. You shit all over it, so it's good now. Back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> You're the change in the tone. All you, baby. <laughs> you know I wasn't trying to, it's, it's bits for the show. Uh-huh. You know, it's not personal. Uh-huh. Sure. Cupid doll. Anyway, uh, on a lighter note, Bill Cosby's son was shot dead on the freeway. Holy shit. Uh, his body was found in a pool of blood where he was changing a tire. Wow. Bill Cosby's only son shot to death early Thursday while changing a flat tire on his Mercedes-Benz convertible. It must be nice. To get shot to what death. What the fuck? To get shot to He's death. He's dead. Okay. While you're owning a Mercedes-Benz along a freeway. The body of Ennis Cosby, 27 years old, was found at about 1.45 a.m. How sad. And, like, his dad's, like, the nicest guy in the whole world, too, to have to go through that. That's awful. I, I feel so bad for Bill Cosby. So, I mean, like, I, the world, I'm sure, is he's on a, his side. He's, like, this. America's dad. Absolutely. And now he's childless. Well, I think he has daughters. Oh. Yeah, this is only son. Okay. Never mind. 
<laughs> oh, fuck it. He's got other kids. He's got replacements. <laughs> He's good. The Columbia University graduate student was uh, the son of one of the world's richest entertainers, a man for whom the image of fatherhood was the wellspring of his stand-up comedy, a best-selling book, and the most popular TV series of the 80s. Well, before ducking into his home in New York City, the 59-year-old Cosby, grim with puffy eyes, told reporters he was my hero. Aww. Yeah, so I, I don't... He was in a well-to-do neighborhood in Santa Monica uh, near Bel Air. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't I don't understand why he would be shot to death on the side of a freeway. Well, because, like, you know, guns and violence aren't allowed in well-to-do areas. I mean... It seems weird. I mean, it, it seems weird as a random act of violence to, on the side of a freeway, just... Just... You see somebody... There's no way... So, okay... I'm going to be a detective for a minute here. If oh, okay. It seemed, it would be weird. You wouldn't think he'd be being targeted because he was Bill Cosby's son. Right. Or even necessarily because he was rich, especially in, you know, like a well-to-do neighborhood like this. They didn't steal anything, doesn't sound like. His car was still there. Yeah. So, they in the dark, going by on the freeway, he's changing a tire. You wouldn't recognize him you wouldn't be like oh that's ennis cosby bill's cosby's son let's kill him right you know, like that it doesn't seem weird it seems more i mean either just completely random by chance which seems odd for somebody to just be like hey let's just open fire on the next person we see on the side of the road well it could have been a gang initiation like stuff like that happens where they do some random shit yeah so either that or something else is going on here I mean, I'm you know, not to shame the dead or anything like that, but Columbia graduate student had gambling problems, drug problems. But you just said you don't think people would recognize him, Some. so... But he could have been followed. Yeah. He was changing his tire. Why was his tire shot out? Well, they did not mention that in the did article. They say, you know, I know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think there's more to this story. Maybe. So... We'll keep uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground, everybody. But obviously, uh, I think everybody, Bill Cosby, should be in everyone's uh, thoughts and prayers and sympathy tonight. Just to, you know, and his wife pouring of sympathy for Bill Cosby and his wife. Yeah, I don't know who his wife is, but and his other Mi- children, apparently. Mrs. Cosby, the Cosby family. Yeah, so pray for the Cosby family or whatever you do. <clears throat> Send good vibes. I don't know. Whatever the fuck you guys say. Uh, let me tell you this, though. In grimmer news, okay? What, what is going on over there? Nothing. Those noises are her chair, by the way, guys. <laughs> what? You having some problems? I had a wedgie. Shut up. Your new... Uh... Jerk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I called you out for your wedgie, but you're, you know, you're... <laughs> moving around there yeah i was uncomfortable i fixed it we're doing a show shut up you know you're not supposed to wear underwear while we're <laughs> how dare i forget those rules uh speaking of no underwear though the fox network plans to stick with quirky bold shows okay you know how fox is known for trash yes tv i mean for, i like a lot of their programming but for lack of a better word Judging by the words of Peter Roth, 
You'd think Fox was the Pearl Jam of television networks. What the fuck? I guess. Fox has always stood for which is alternative, said Roth, who took over as the head of Fox Entertainment four months ago. And by alternative, this is what Roth means. Distinct and bold and daring. If you look at the history of Fox married with children, in living color, The Simpsons, The X-Files, they've always reached for that which was different, Roth said. They dared to be different. That's the history. The reality this year, despite strong World Series ratings, yeah, they have uh, baseball, so whatever, and the successful move of the X-Files to Sunday nights, Fox suffered a rocky fall season start in primetime. Such misbegotten new sitcoms as Lush Life, Party Girl, and Love and Marriage bombs instantly in our long gone. Love and Marriage. Yeah, I think we talked about that one. Like, we didn't watch it, but I think... We talked about it, and it was like a Married with Children knockoff, and you were like, that's literally lyrics from yeah. the Married with Children theme song. It's messed up. Yeah. The only new show still on the schedule, Millennium, a dark, violent chronicle of contemporary evil from X-Files creator Chris Carter. I think my friend Mike likes Millennium, uh, but it says in viewership from Millennium has fallen off sharply after its heavily hyped November premiere. Hmm. Uh, but Roth is confident the show will stick around and become an important part of Fox's alternative TV heritage. Uh, he's high on this new show. We, t- we talked about it last week, King of the Hill. Yep. Uh, and then let's see, what else is uh, coming out here? Orleans, Chicago Suns. Uh, oh, wait, what's this? They're developing a live-action version of Dilbert. What in the actual fuck? You've heard of Dilbert, right? Yeah. The that uh that cartoon the comic strip or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Where he was like has a desk job and That's weird. Yeah. And his tie goes all weird. How are they gonna do that? They're gonna need to use special effects. I thought they already had one, like, you know, Drew Carey show. I thought that was live action Dilbert. <laughs> he does kinda look like Dilbert. <laughs> Besides a sitcom, Dilbert Fox is also working on an offbeat movie spinoff, The Clumps. We'll focus on the fat, flatulent, dysfunctional family of Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor. No. Come on now. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my god. And then there's something called The Visitor, which is a sci-fi adventure series from the creative team that dreamed up Independence Day. Huh. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Fox, I get what you're talking about. Alternative, bold, all that stuff. But maybe good should be an adjective. Right? When talking about your shows. The clumps. Fuck off. What? I hated that nutty. We didn't talk about it, but I well, we, we did watch it. But I hated that nutty professor movie. Yeah, me too. I don't like gross fart humor. And that's mostly what that was. Yes. When it wasn't... Eddie Murphy, like, being like, oh, I'm all sexy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sexual harassment, Carol, you want to talk about it? Sure. All Let's right. talk about sex, baby. Cool. <laughs> Not exactly the tone for sexual harassment <laughs> talk, but... Paula Jones's account isn't the first, nor, unfortunately, the last. Paula Corbin Jones... The young woman who has charged the President of the United States with sexual harassment has not actually shown up in the Capitol, but she's 
inexorably the talk of the town. What do you think? Paula Jones says that she was sexually harassed by William Jefferson Clinton. Probably. Did Bill Clinton really do the things he's alleged to have done that in that Little Rock hotel room in <laughs> May of 1991? Probably. I mean, he is one of my favorite politicians, but yeah. he does seem like the type. He absolutely does. I mean, they all have to be, right? They're all, like, charming and stuff like that. They Well, charming doesn't necessarily mean date rape. I mean... <laughs> no, I guess not. But you have to be really charming to be a date rapist. I mean, you don't have to be nearly as charming to be a regular rapist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Goodness. But, yeah, so, I don't know. They, that's. They, I think it's... They're all womanizers, right? Or most of them. Most of them, probably. So... Sexual har- ha- harassment, harassment, or however they want us to say it. <laughs> uh huh. Because if you say harass, then it's got ass in it, so you're supposed to say harassment. What? What do you think? There should be obviously the Anita Hill stuff with, with what's his face, the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. That went nowhere. He just got he got confirmed to the Supreme Court. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Uh you know what? What should be done about it? What do you think? How can we how can we combat it? I don't know. Oh, I stumped you. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is a uh, a, a show where we talk about. Do you want to slam into your microphone? <laughs> I do. Keep in mind that this is a, a show where we talk about movies. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna solve sexual harassment then. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about politics, but it's in the news, and I just thought, you know. Do you have any brilliant ideas to solve the world's problems today, Mark? I do. Okay, go for it. Chemical castration. Holy shit. <laughs> I think that no. every man should uh, have to take uh, a, a pill each day. Every man? Yes, every, just listen to me. Every man should have to take a pill each day that chemically castrates them. So, you know, they keep taking in everything until they get married. When they get married, they can stop taking the pill, and then they can have a, uh, uh, a lush sex life with their, with their bride. That is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard you say. You, you know that being married doesn't prevent a guy from uh, sexually harassing and raping women, right? No, Clinton's like, not married. Most of the, like, yes. fucking... Rapists, uh, you know, like, are married, probably. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say most, but I'm guessing. I mean, like, I just, I don't think that matters. At all. So. But you're good with guys being chemically castrated for the majority of their life, though. No, I said, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Obviously it is. I, have no, I don't have solutions. I guess, so... The I guess the biggest thing is to like do something about it, right? Consequences for people. What should Bill Clinton's consequences be? A slap on the wrist. First of all, mm-hmm. can they prove it? I don't know. That's the problem is it's really hard to prove, which makes it really hard to punish. So I think they should just you know, if if I don't know, I don't know. It's a very complex situation. It's not for us to say. No. It's for us to tell you what the movie we watched this week was. 
I'll tell you what there was not in this movie. Pools of blood. Sexual harassment? Uh, there was sexual harassment in the movie. Okay. There was? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, because, okay, we watched Mars Attack. There was no pools of blood. Mars Attacks, not Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. <clears throat> and no, there were no pools of blood, because when the aliens killed the people, they just, like, disintegrated everything except their bones. Mm-hmm. So there was no blood, and and at some point when the aliens, you know, blood showed up. I mean, that's not blood; that's green goo. Right. So, what was the sexual harassment in the movie? Um, when they took, oh, what was that lady's name? They switched her head with her dog. Uh, I know it was Sarah Jessica Parker. But yeah, I don't, I don't know from what. Hocus Pocus. Right. Um. Yeah. They uh, and square pegs. They were looking Shout at out a, 1982. They were looking at a Playboy magazine. That's true. And then looked at her with this gross look, yeah. like, I'm going to do shit to you, rubbed his hands together, and then the next thing you know, he switched her head with her dog. Do you think that he did stuff with her? I don't know. He obviously switched her head. That's something. But, I mean, didn't he look at her like he wanted to fuck her? It was weird. Did, I did, did not like that. And she looked very frightened. So, yes, that was sexual harassment. Okay. All right. It's in everything, everywhere, all the time. Seems more like torture, but... So, I'm going to tell you something you probably don't know. This movie is based on a series of trading cards from 1962. Okay. They were published exactly one year by the Topps Corporation that that does uh, baseball cards uh, in 1962. And... They were published at the height of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union now. Uh, and, like, right before the Cuban Missile Crisis, too, just coincidentally. They ended up being discontinued because parents' groups complained because of the violence, and there was some implied sexual stuff, I guess, too. But there was a storyline that went along with the cards. It was like a, a series of cards... And it would depict the the Martians, the aliens. It would depict the people. And they were done by two science fiction illustrators of the day, whose names I can't remember. But the storyline essentially was Mars invading Earth, and then eventually Earth fighting back, and they send like an expeditionary force to Mars. See, they're invading Earth because Mars is doomed to be destroyed. Like, it's going to explode or whatever. Okay. Like, like Superman's planet, Krypton, you know? Right. And so they want to colonize Earth and make that their new home. So the, uh, the, the Earth Defense Force or whatever launches an attack on Mars, ends up killing all the Martians there. I guess also the, the Martians on the planet didn't know about the attack, and they, like... The, the cor- corrupt politicians of Mars are like what led them into this attack as opposed to the populace. And, but they end up, the Earth Force ends up killing all of the Martians. And then the Martian home planet explodes and essentially their entire civilization is wiped out so Earth is safe. And that kind of like us or them mentality really played into the whole Cold War thing. Right. Like it's got to be us or them. So that led to the popularity of these cards, but only one year. That makes sense. But that's what this 
movie is based on is a series of trading cards. Like when they made a garbage pale kids movie. Right. Interesting. Like, I mean, I can see that because the quality of the movie is about on par with the garbage pale kids movie. Um, oh my God. That is the most hurtful thing you could say to a movie. Well, I'm sorry. It was not a good movie, which is really surprising and disappointing because the cast is amazing. And Tim Burton directed this. Yeah. Like, everybody involved in this movie is high caliber, but the movie is not. Now, I think part of it's intentional because, you know, it's based off these fucking trading cards. I think most of it's intentional. I think that it's kind of supposed to look like one of those hokey, like, 1950s, you know, horror movies. So, I mean, it was, like, kind of funny, whatever, but eh, it wasn't, I didn't love it. So, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. 100%. A hundred percent. All right, go ahead. And I thought this movie was not only hilarious; it's a dark comedy for sure. Not it was not only hilarious but brilliant. Just a fantastic movie. The best, like definitely the best movie we've seen this year. Because the okay. relic is the other movie we've seen this year. <laughs> yeah, but one of the best. I would say one of the top five I've seen in the past. Since maybe since we started doing the show. Wow, are you fucking serious? We've seen some really good movies. It was, I think it was fantastic. So, the structure of it is, so there, there are some things, there are complaints I have about the movie that I'll get to. But the structure is great. It's a straightforward, they're invading, and we need to, we, you know, we don't know what the, what the threat is at first, if it's a threat or anything, they go under the assumption that it's not a threat. Yeah, the mistake aren't a threat because uh, James Bond tells them that it's <laughs> not a threat, and the 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 general that's obviously supposed to be Colin Powell tells them it's not a threat, but you know obviously they are a threat, so. They go under that assumption at first, and then they have to fight back. They eventually find a way to fight back that's successful, and they end up winning. It's a very, very clean structure, very clean, you know, three-act structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every choice in this is intentional, and I think everything that happens is very deliberate. So the soundtrack, I think, is very deliberate. It's Danny Elfman who works with... Uh, um, what's his name? I just said his name. Tim Burton. Uh, a lot. And I think they make... The, it's very surreal. There's a lot of, like... There's a lot of... Uh, what's it, like, zither or something like that? You know, what? it's like... Like that... You know, that uh-huh. weird-sounding thing that sounds like electronic vibrations, you know, and stuff? Sure. There's a lot of... It's a sci-fi sound. There's a zither or something like that. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. But there's a, so don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. You're talking like I'm crazy. You are crazy. There's a lot of that, and it's very uh, ethereal sounding. Uh, the special effects, like you talked about, the disintegration and the bones and the from their little space lasers, I think that's very... Uh, very intentional. The way they're the flying saucers are straight out of the fifties, like you said. The all the effects are straight out of the fifties. The weird science experiments and stuff like that, straight out of a fifties B movie. This whole thing is dressed up like a fifties B movie. But underneath that, 
is a very 90s like cynicism and sarcasm where everyone is everyone in the government everyone in any position of power is incompetent and stupid and makes every mistake doesn't matter if you're french doesn't matter if you're right. the united states <laughs> they're all dumb no matter how much evidence they have and there's just that the tone of it is the 50s tone mixed with this weird 90s sarcasm and cynicism. Okay. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. All right. And it all blends together for a, a very specific thing. A very specific kind of a feel. And it's like... When the so when the Martians are running around, the Martians are like, "We come in peace" or whatever, and they start immediately killing people. Well, I, I'm wondering about that though. Do you think they purposely were lying, or do you think there was a problem with the translation? <laughs> what? You're falling into the trap of 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 the people in this movie. You're looking for reasons why, like, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. No, they're just like. Here's a bunch of fucking morons. We can just tell them that we're coming in peace and then just kill them and they won't do anything about it. I mean, they they invite them to they go they go to Pahrump where where prostitution's legal. So, again, sexual harassment. They go to Pahrump, Nevada. They have a big welcome there and they end up slaughtering and killing all the people there. Then they're like, "Oh, it was a misunderstanding." We want to talk to Congress. So they, they let them in front of all of Congress, and they never check if they have any weapons or anything like that. Yeah. There's no security in place whatsoever. They're just idiots. Yeah. And and then, you know, towards the, the best part of the movie is the almost montage-like uh, sort of climax of the movie where they're running around Earth creating all kinds of havoc looting stores running into places shooting people killing people and they've got they have a the translator thing saying don't run we're your friends right they're clearly <laughs> you know just think that we're dumb yeah yeah i guess so i don't know i just i thought that perhaps they weren't actually saying those things but that makes sense yeah so no, I I get what you what you're saying, like with the tr- the translator. I mean, having a translation machine for them is ridiculous. Uh-huh. They they discover that they discover that there are flying saucers there a day ago, and then a day later, having not talked to them at all, not studied them, knowing nothing about their history, the the etymology of their language or anything, this guy's like, oh, we got a translator. I've built this <laughs> translation device. How? Right. What What knowledge did you base that on? It makes no sense. But so much of this, so much in this movie doesn't make any sense, but it's on purpose. And it's, it is funny too, because they, they've, so they've got, there's a bit of like uh, 70s exploitation film in this too. Because I think this is so. I think this is sort of a, a merging of different decades: the '60s, like the early '60s, uh, when these cards came out, uh, these kind of '60s B movies, '70s with uh, Jim Browns, there, uh, former running back of the Cleveland Browns, and Pam Greer, and they, you know, 
Pam Greer is known for her 70s exploitation films. That's where she made her name. Uh, and Pam Greer is criminally underused in this, by the way. She has one good scene where she sons her, her children for, uh, for not, um, not going to school and playing arcade games instead. Yeah, that was funny. Which ends up saving their lives. Right. But that's, that's her one good scene. The rest of uh, the rest of the movie, she's just like standing in an apartment, being like, "Oh no!" <laughs> at one point, she uses at one point she uses the force to to uh, <laughs> determine that something bad happened to Jim Brown, her ex husband, who who's in Nevada when this happens, and she's in Washington, but she knows at the instant something happens that something bad happened to him. Yeah, it's weird. And, like, their whole relationship's weird. And, like, I don't... I wish... There there was so much more story there that we don't know. Oh, yeah. And I want to know that story. There were very interesting characters. I feel like there could have been, like, a four or five hour cut of this <laughs> movie. That this could be some sort of, like, one season of a TV show or something like that. Right. I can do that. Because there's so, because there's so many characters. Yeah. There's so many characters. And... and Basically, though, and one complaint that I have about this movie is that because there's so many characters, it's almost like the movie's like, okay, we're going to kill some of these people because lots of them start dying in order to focus our attention on those who are left, right? Mm -hmm. So Michael J. Fox is in this movie. He's barely in it. And he's, he, he, we get some senses of his character that he's an arrogant, uh, like, um, an arrogant, like, uh, you know, new, news anchor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he, um, ends up getting killed. He's, he's dating Sarah Jessica Parker. So we yeah. get a bit of his personality, but he ends up getting killed. He gets killed, like, crawling over trying to save her. She's holding his stump of a hand from his right. body. And then in the end of the movie, she's fucking a head making out with some other dude's head mm-hmm. because she's a bitch and she was going to cheat on him anyway. <laughs> and then, well, this is James Bond, though. It's Pierce Brosnan. I don't care. Michael J. Fox is cute. Um, and then there's Martin Short, who's hilarious, but also not in the movie enough. And... He ends up getting killed by Lisa Marie Presley as a you know as an alien. That was funny, um, and that's that's a fun scene. But yeah. that's like the only real scene that he gets. And then, yeah, everyone gets like a scene and they die in that scene. <laughs> yeah, um, there's the one guy I recognized him. He uh, goes into the army. He's Joe Don Baker's son, and he ends up going into the army. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the guy's name, but he was in Bye Bye Love. He was the the DJ in Bye Bye Love, and he was also in a movie called Airborne, which uh, I think I've talked about before. Interesting. But anyway, he he's he even has like a, a, a funny scene um, before he gets ends up getting killed, and then um, then there's uh, who else? Is, who else am I am I missing? Hmm. Jack Nicholson plays two roles in this. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I love how they they get the most recognizable the most recognizable actor with the most recognizable voice to be two different people. It's like it's very obvious. Yeah. Annette Bening's in the movie. Yeah, it's so like she was in an American President. 
Yes, that's right. We covered that movie. He, she was also in Bugsy. And she, like, she's kind of, like, classy and a good actress. And then you see her in this, like, weird, pulpy, science fiction-y thing. Jack Nicholson has two Oscars. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's what, that's, like, Glenn what made me want to watch. Close is in this movie. What made me want to watch it was the, the cast, not the story. And it's just weird to see all these great talent in this movie that seems like a piece of shit. See, I think you're wrong, though. <laughs> At the end, when that kid's like, uh, for no reason, by the way, that fucking kid just like, he gets, I, I, I guess because he discovered that uh, Slim Whitman's uh, Indian love, love song, the, oh, yeah, you know, like, kills all the aliens or whatever. He gets the, the Medal of Honor. But makes this speech and he's like well now it's time to rebuild uh you know buildings and houses and stuff but i think we should all live in teepees <laughs> so and then fair. all he says is because they're better in a lot of ways <laughs> that's it. i want to know why i really do like i really want to know the thought process where he's like teepees are better but the see the, and that's the thing the absurdity and the ridiculousness of it that's what's hilarious it's almost like a parody of like Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a parody of th- those types of movies where it's just like, it's all meaningless. And I love how, uh, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Yeah. She was in the, we uh, what's that called? The, the Professional. Remember that movie we saw? She was like a 14-year-old yeah. girl in there. So she's, she's the president's daughter in this. Taffy. What the fuck kind of name is that for a person? I thought they were talking about their, their dog. dog. <laughs> I know me too. But she she just says to the guy, she's like, "Do you have a girlfriend?" Like, like she thinks that was so hot, and like all of a sudden she just wants to date him, and it's like that. Why those? He's a those, moron. Those two have they haven't interacted the entire movie. <laughs> and then Tom Jones, Annette Benning, and some. Uh, Vegas showgirl or or a cocktail waitress or whatever make it to the mountains because <laughs> they're with they're with uh, Jim Brown. The four of them are together trying to get out of Vegas, and she's got a plane because her her husband, the casino owner, died. Also played by Jack Nicholson, right? And she, she's like. I've got a plane, but, you know, I don't have a pilot. They find Tom Jones, the singer, and Jim Brown's like, yeah, we got a plane. Do you know how to fly? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, of course, anybody can fly a plane. So Tom Jones flies their plane to Tahoe, the mountains of Tahoe, where they think they're going to be safe, which apparently they are. But they get there, and fucking doves and like uh squirrels and deer start just coming up to them and they're petting them yeah it's like it's so fucking ridiculous they're just like one with nature because that was annette benning's whole thing is like oh we need to save the earth and she was this big environmentalist and everything and it's just hilarious it's so over the top and hilarious and that's where jim brown like he starts fighting them because he's supposed to be a boxer or whatever but yeah, Tom Jones is another seventies like kind of icon, and the general, the uh, the general that wanted to, wanted to kill them from the very beginning, the guy that was right, is Rod Steiger from Doc, most famously from Doctor Strangelove. He's okay. essentially playing the same character. 
It's like, kill them, kill them all. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, so. That's a good movie. Very good movie. But that's also a 60s thing. So it's kind of, like I said, it, it, it blends a lot of different genres together. I think it does it really brilliantly. Okay. I think maybe I just don't have enough of a background in that stuff to really get and enjoy the movie. You in know? what stuff? Like film history, fifties, sixties, and seventies. Uh huh. Like I don't watch a lot of old movies. Oh, I'm sorry. So, well, you should be a grandpa like me. I guess so. I guess that in this particular instance, it helped you to be a grandpa. I did think, though, like I said, and Danny DeVito's in this movie for a second. Yeah, I love Danny DeVito. Also gets killed, criminally underused. So the. The problems I have, like I mean, I've already kind of alluded to them, is that there are a lot of good actors and a lot of a lot of fun characters in this movie that have very little time to do mm. anything before they're killed or they're just kind of shoved off to the side because the movie doesn't have time for all these different stories. Right. Like Sarah Jessica Parker and Pierce Brosnan. Like they're they're in love apparently yeah because he's like oh i've had a crush i've been watching your show for a long time I've, i have a crush and she's like oh i liked it too and they's like the kisses they die as heads yeah and like even in the beginning before they were heads when they were flirting and stuff it's like there's not a lot of context for it it was weird it comes out of nowhere yeah. it's like and it's because they don't have time in the story to develop these things mm-hmm. and maybe there's and maybe there's too many characters i don't know but, like I said, I I would have liked a longer arc, more fleshing out of this world and these people, like a slower build. Yeah. I think I think a one season of a TV show would have been perfect for this. I agree. Actually, I think that would have that would have worked better at least than this movie. And that, like I said, I, it still works for me because of the tone, the wackiness, the dark kind of humor, and, and everything. It still works for me, but I would have liked, I would have liked to have been in this world more. I would have liked more development to these characters. But yeah, that's uh, that is uh, our episode for the week. It is. Hopefully, next week we have a better movie to talk about. Oh, I thought it was a good movie. I know you did. Hopefully, I like the next movie. How about that? I'll be a little selfish. Okay, go ahead. Anyway. Uh, you can write us at latev 1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. And uh, share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.